Hi there, this is Andy Bates, Director of Programming for KFUO Radio. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. I want to let you know that today's episode was recorded during Shareathon 2021, which is KFUO's annual opportunity for you to join us in partnership and support KFUO. As you'll listen to the program, you'll notice that we give out a phone number for you to call in and pledge your support. That was for the live program. You can still pledge your support. You can still make a gift to KFUO. You can do that online by going to kfuo.org and looking for the donate button, or you can do that by text. Just send a text message to the number 41444 and then enter KFUO as the message. That's right. 41444 is the number you're sending the message to, and KFUO is the message. Click send. You'll get a message right back that'll walk you through those steps on your mobile device to make a gift. It's super easy to do. Thanks so much for listening and thanks for your support. Wrong word. I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. A blessed Easter to all of you. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Welcome to Sherathon 2021. Okay, there's some noise in the in the audience here. Thank you for tuning us in. And, and I'm able to say that I am live from the studios of Worldwide KFUO in St. Louis. I'm sitting here with, uh, well, actually, I'm not sitting here with Andy. Andy's somewhere else. I'm sitting here with, with Sarah and Mary and actually Pastor, Pastor Smith and uh, Stephanie. And behind me, I have CFW Walther. And it is really fun to, if you walk into the International Center of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, right when you walk walk in to your, is that to your right? Where am I going here? To the right. Um, That is where you see a statue of our first president of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, Reverend Dr. C.F.W. Walther. So if you have any more information you want to ask about that, call KFUO and ask for Sean Smith. He has all the information you need to know on C.F.W. Walther. What a a fun time we had yesterday with the first half of 1 Kings chapter 3, where our Lord literally came to Solomon and said, what shall I give you? And out of everything in the world, he asked for wisdom wisdom that our Lord gave to him. Um, And today is tested. What is his wisdom? And it could be a problem, but of course our Lord is with him. So stick around as we go to the true and inspired word of God. Dice Wrong Word is generously supported by our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information, lhfmissions.org. To help us be strengthened by God's Word this morning, we have with us the Reverend Dr. John Rickert of Our Redeemer Lutheran Church in Newark, Delaware. Pastor Rickert, welcome to Thy Strong Word. Hello. Uh, thank you. Pleasure to be here. Yes, I was I was thinking about this today, that uh, um, you are in Delaware, and I was like, you know, well, first of all, you're my first guest from Delaware since I've been on Thy Strong Word, but actually, how many LCMS churches are there in the state of Delaware? About a dozen. There's a dozen churches. Yeah, you know, all over the state. We got a, a couple, uh, three up here, what we call above the canal. And then we have a number more uh, in in the lower part of the state. Oh, wonderful. See, I, I, that's more than I thought, because my sister lives in Vermont, and I believe that there's only two LCMS churches in the whole state of Vermont. Maybe three. Yeah, up, up, uh, up in the New England area, t- very much different. Gotcha. I took a vacation in New Hampshire once, and we had to drive, uh, like, 
two hours to get to the closest uh, LCMS congregation. Well, yeah. So wow. You know, far fewer as you get north of the state of New York. That is great. Well, Pastor Ricker, you are joining us on a special day of share 2021. And for our for our purposes here, one of the things that we um, highlighted yesterday was that we're, we're you know, trying to support the mission, uh, proclaiming Christ, uh, worldwide KFUO. And one, one thing that happened yesterday is I brought, um, and this, this relates to New England as well, brought... 48 bottles of maple syrup for people that if they give $120, which is $10 a month, that they will receive a bottle of maple syrup. And 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 with that comes, yesterday we got rid of 12. So I was thinking about how to sing the song, um, Bottles of Maple Syrup on the Wall. Uh, can, can you sing that for us, Pastor? Maybe, I don't know if you're a good singer. Well, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. But if, if you do, that'd be great. There you go. There you go. Anyways, to our listeners, we have 36 bottles of maple syrup to be given away. All you have to do is call in. Actually, you know what? I don't even know the number. What is the number here? Here it is. Here it is. I got it right here. 314, if you're local, 821-0850 or 1-800-730-2727. Or even better, if you're a, a texty person, text KFUO to 41444. KFUO to four one four four four. So, um, but yes, we are here to study God's word, and Pastor Rickard, we're excited to dig into this. So, can you begin our time in prayer? Uh, certainly, Lord Jesus Christ, we come to you today and ask you to guide us as we study your word, as contained in First Kings. Help us to see you there, and how you grant us the wisdom that we need for life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor, this is our. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go this way for a little bit. Is this is our first time together? So, can you tell us a little bit about your congregation? Okay. Well, uh, as you said, we are in Newark, Delaware, not Newark. Newark oh, for Pete's sake. New, new Newark. How do you say Ark. it? Ark. Newark, just like a new uh, Ark. New Ark. Ah, a new Ark. All right, got it. Okay. Uh, and I've been here for about five years. Before that, I was down in South Carolina. Uh, it's uh, uh, called the first state because we were the first state to ratify the Constitution. And it's, uh, we're a downtown where we have the University of Delaware here. So uh, a lot uh, of our economy and everything revolves around that university. But we also had a, a, a significant presence of um, uh, petrochemical uh, plants and stuff like that. So there is an industrial base here as well. Oh. And um, we're sort of a, a suburb, if you will, of Wilmington, but we are our own incorporated city. I don't know uh, what else you want to know. I no, mean, that's... we are a... Confessional liturgical uh, LCMS congregation, uh, small. We uh, have made a number of uh, changes because of this coronavirus. So our uh, internet presence is much larger. Mm. We stream all our worship services now. Before this, I just uh, made a, a video out of my sermons and posted them. But now we, we stream the whole worship service. 
We have a little radio show station, much smaller than yours. We broadcast to the four corners of our parking lot. <laughs> so if somebody is uh, concerned about coming into the building on Sunday morning, they can park in their parking lot. We bring out a bulletin that includes uh, the hymns. You can join the worship service in your the car and sing the hymns, and when we share the Lord's Supper, the usher will bring out uh, one of these little individual communion kits so that people can receive the Lord's Supper uh, that way. We uh, are starting up again our evening worship services that are outside, again, for people who don't want to come into a building but still want to gather. They can uh, gather at uh, distance. Um, on Sunday morning, everybody wears masks. We open all our windows. We space out just like everybody else. So, uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of changes brought out by this uh, coronavirus, but we're still here and we're doing well. Our offerings are ahead of where we were last year. Great. So uh, we apparently are doing that correct and. We've gotten a lot of feedback on all the things that we've that is that is great to hear, um, and well, thanks be to God, and that's a common a common situation that we hear of throughout the church. So, uh, Pastor Ricker, we are in First Kings chapter three, and I would say this: First Kings is a wild ride. Wouldn't you agree? Well, absolutely. Although uh, uh, from beginning to end, it, it seems to go downhill. For the most part. <laughs> it does. I think that's a good way to put it, because it starts out in a good way. David gives instructions and says, stay with the Lord, be strong, all of these things. And then it kind of just goes downhill. So I want to do this. Give me some context right before this. I actually know we have about a minute left. How about a minute to our break? How about this? We're going to meet this after the break. But right now, everyone have your Bibles open. Be ready to go. The gifts will be ready after our break. And we are studying 1 Kings chapter 3 with Pastor John Rickert. Um, we'll be right back. On this Friday, April 23rd, 2021, KFUO Radio thanks a faithful listener in Perryville, Missouri, who made a gift to KFUO in loving memory of her dear friend, Ruby Schubert. Ruby introduced her to KFUO, and now she listens daily, especially to her favorite program, Sharper Iron. She is grateful to the Lord for the blessing that Ruby was to her. Ruby was called home to the Lord on this day in 2020. Thank you to a faithful listener in Perryville, Missouri, for being today's KFUO Day Sponsor. Our phone lines are open. Please call and support the worldwide ministry of KFUO now at 314-821-0850 or toll free 1-800-730-2727. And welcome back. 
as we are studying God's Word this morning. Reminder is Sherathon 2021, and so if you are um, you feel led to give a gift to KFUO as we proclaim Christ around the world, and this is something that we've noticed on Thy Strong Word that not only does it go to 27 states that we've heard of, probably even more, but they haven't written an email in, but also six different countries. And guess what, Pastor? It even gets to the depths of uh, and the joys of Delaware. That seems like I don't think I've ever been to Delaware, actually. Um, Most people haven't. <laughs> Most people haven't. Anyways, but give us a call at uh, 1-800-730-2727, 1-800-730-2727-2727-2727-2727-2727-2727-2727-2727-2727-2727-2727-2727-2727-2727-2727-2727-2727-2727-2727-2727-2727-2727-2727-2727-2727-2727-2727-2727-2727-2727-2727-2
And we would apply that today by uh, saying that all people under uh, a government should have equal rights under that government. Mm -hmm. And so he's presented, uh, the rubber's going to hit the road here, is that he's got the wisdom now they show up, and like you said, there's a lot of cultural baggage, I would say. Even you know, our world obviously would not be an honorable profession. Wouldn't have been probably in those days either. We see this in the New Testament as well. And it reminds us of, okay, the rubber hits the road. Here is our opportunity um, to serve people, to care for people, and that's something that we interact with every day as Christian people. So what do these ladies have to say to the king? Let's read 17 through 19. The one woman said, Oh, my Lord, this woman and I live in the same house, and I gave birth to a child while she was in the house. Then on the third day after I gave birth, this woman also gave birth, and we were alone. There was no one else with us in the house, only we two were in the house, and this woman's son died in the night because she lay on him. I want to stop there because this is, we can read these stories almost as if they're kind of um, fables, that they're, they're kind of like a nice story, or they're, but we take the emotions out of it. And I remember when I lived in St. Louis uh, during seminary that there were a number of cases that were on the news where a mother had a child and a mother and father, and then they put the child in the bed, and then this child died. And I remember that was around the time my wife was pregnant. So I don't ever want to, well, first of all, because this story is true, like this actually happened in history, but you don't ever take the emotions out of these stories because these ladies were grieving and they're trying to figure this out along with um, uh, the emotions that go with having a child and a child dying. And this is what we deal with all the time in the church. Do you have any thoughts on, on this and, and how this looks in everyday life? Well, you know, I would agree that we don't want to take the emotions out of this text. Uh, the, if you've ever sat with a parent who has lost their child, you know that that's just a terrible, terrible thing, and uh, a heart-wrenching thing. And this is what the one woman is going through. But if you're looking at it uh, as a bystander, it's not really your child, then you don't right. probably don't have that same heartache, that same uh, anguish. And so we, we have different levels of emotions going along here. The one woman lost her child in grief. She tries to get the living child. Mm. And the living mother wants very desperately to keep her child. So, you know, this would connect to anybody who has lost a child or looked longingly uh, at children because they are, for whatever reason, unable to have a child. Yeah. Right, and that, and that's where the context brings us. Is I love how you laid that out. Is because if you had lost a child, you would have a certain amount of grief. But if you didn't lose a child, then you have another situation going on, and and that is the complexity that comes into our situation. And now let's hear more about what is happening. Okay, so one child has died. She lay on him, and now the psalm is going to get the rest of the story. And show are we? And she arose at midnight and took my son from me beside me. While your servant slept, and laid him at her breast, and then laid her dead son at my breast. When I rose in the morning to nurse my child, behold, he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning, behold, he was not the child that I had born. But the other woman said, No, the living child is mine. 
and the dead child is yours. And the first said, No, the dead child is yours, and the living child is mine. Thus they spoke before the king. So obviously everything gets a lot more complex of a situation that we have. He, she said, she said, um, they said, I said, everything in between is happening. So reflections on this, on how, you know, what is Solomon going through? Like you said, the rubber's hitting the road. How are we going to do this? Reflections on those verses. Well, uh, first off, this is a, a good example of how the Bible cuts to the chase, gets to the meat of what's going on. I am certain that this is not a verbatim record of what was was going on, and nothing else was said. You know, they go back and forth with this, accusing each other, uh, and both claiming the child. And Solomon has to somehow see through this. Uh, I was reading a commentary on this, and the idea that the commentator had is this discussion that these women had, Solomon already knows who the real mother is. He could tell by how they're arguing about the child. Hmm. One is more interested in, uh, in, in the child, the living child, and the other one is more interested in inflicting equal hurt hmm. on the woman whose child is already or still alive. And so based on that, you know, the dead child's yours, the dead child's yours, the dead child's yours, uh, versus the living child is mine, the living child is mine, the living yeah. child is mine. One woman appears to be more interested in palming off the dead child, whereas the other woman seems to be more interested in uh, wanting the living child. And uh, this commentary, anyways, feels that Solomon already knew what was happening and could tell by the passion of the way the women are arguing mm. where things should should fall. That, that is a great insight, because as you look at this, <clears throat> there is a, definitely a distinction of, you know, the uh, the dead child is yours and the living child is mine. Be- and also, you can imagine the emotions and the feelings and the heart and everything else going on that as he experiences this, that, that he's actually seeing the body uh, mannerisms, he's seeing the body language, he's seeing all of that at the same time. And this brings us to the point where I want to talk about this after our break, is this story gets even more crazy right after this moment. And I, I was talking to a friend this morning, and I said, this is what we're going to be studying at Sherathon of all times. And he's like, what? This is not your top 10 Bible stories for Sunday school or something. Why are you doing that? And I said, well, I tell you what, one of the things Pastor Rickard is, says so well when we talked extensively about this the other day is, okay, the Bible's all about Jesus. Now, how do we make sure that people see Christ? And how are we going to do that with our text today? So, Pastor Rickard, keep that in your mind. We talked about this and look forward to hearing what you have to say after our break. Right now, we need to take our break. We are studying 1 Kings chapter 3 with Pastor John Rickard. We'll be right back.
Hi, my name is Danny Keller, and I used to listen to KFUO once in a while back in the 60s when I went to the School for the Blind in St. Louis. Now I'm much older, and I'm glad I can get KFUO on my Amazon Echo because I really appreciate the kind of music you play a lot more now than I did when I was a child. So thank you. Our phone lines are open. Please call and support the Worldwide Ministry of KFUO now at 314-821-0850 or toll-free 1-800-730-2727. And welcome back. We are studying 1 Kings chapter 3 with Pastor John Riggert on this Sherathon 2021 on this Friday. I've been reminded that we need to highlight two things. First of all, that when you hear me say the word bag or baggage, I'm revealing that I'm a Minnesotan. So all of you who say it differently, I just want you to to know I am proud of who I am. I am proud of how we speak. And uh, the long O's are going to come. Um, the the bags are going to be the way they are. I don't even know what's wrong with that. It sounds great to me. But anyways, everyone else makes fun of that. That's the first thing. Second thing is we still have more maple syrup to give away. Uh, we have at least uh, 36 of them available to you. So if you want to donate, or not donate, excuse me, to give a gift uh, of $120, you will receive your own homemade maple syrup from the Finnern family. Actually, I can't say the Finnern family. It's just my mom and dad. I go there one day a year and that's all I do. And my kids do a little bit and then my mom feeds us. That's really all I do. So, But my mom and dad have been doing this for 30 years. Uh, it is straight from the trees in Minnesota, and uh, they're there for you when you give a gift of $120. Once again, call 1-800-730-2727 to make that gift. Uh, but Pastor, well, go ahead. You're going to say that, something? Well, the Bible says that uh, the Word of God is sweeter than honey uh, on my lips, right? Yeah, right. It's in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. It just be maple syrup. You know, that's what it's talking about. You're exactly right. I don't know in the Middle East... If they had maple syrup, though, can you do research on that, Pastor? You're a good researcher. It's been used to compare to the sweetness of the Word of God. How sweet the name of Jesus sounds is what we said yesterday. I think that relates as well. Yes, it does. <laughs> so, well, as we look at this again, Pastor, one of the one of the realities we believe as Lutherans, and this comes from John chapter five, uh, that, that the Bible is about Jesus, right? The Bible is about Jesus, and and why is that such an important? Part as we read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, that we remember that this points us always back to Christ and Him crucified. Why is that so important? Well, without Christ, you don't have Christianity, you don't have salvation, you don't have uh, any real knowledge of God, just uh, some sort of vague reality that there's something beyond the physical. Uh, but, uh, you know, in Christ, you'll have life and salvation. And I, I'd be quick to point out that it's not just uh, John 5 39 that tells us about uh, the reality that the whole Bible is, is really about Jesus. But that's all over the place. I, you know, uh, last week's uh, lesson out of Acts chapter 3, in P- Peter's sermon, he says, but what God foretold by the mouth of 
all the prophets, not some, but all the prophets, that this Christ would suffer, uh, he thus fulfilled. Or when Jesus is walking with the Emmaus Road disciples, uh, it says, uh, uh, you know, oh foolish ones, and so of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Mm. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter to his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So, you know, and we could cite many other places. It, it's, it's a fundamental truth. Mm. And uh, you, you, it's interesting how the Bible, uh, the New Testament, demonstrates that. When you get to uh, Sarah and Hagar mm, yep. in the book of uh, Genesis, Paul actually even uses allegory to make all the Bible about Jesus. And that's in Galatians 4. And also things that you would not not normally uh, think of, and this is what I would call probably an analogous way of looking at scriptures. In Hosea 11.1, 1, God says, Out of Egypt I have called my son. And if you look that up in, in Hosea, he's talking about the nation of Israel. But in Matthew 2.15, we find Matthew quoting that verse and saying it was fulfilled in Jesus. Out of Egypt I have called my son. So what he has discovered is at an analogous event in the life of Jesus uh, to an event in the life of Israel and sees that as a foreshadowing of the event. Mm. So, you know, Israel has to go into Egypt in exile, escaping hardship and so forth brought on by that famine. And Jesus and the Holy Family have to escape to, to Egypt to escape the persecution of Herod. And then uh, at the word of God, Israel comes out of Egypt uh, and eventually into the Promised Land. At the word of God, the Holy Family comes out of Egypt and back to the Holy Land. So when you find a parallel like that, you can uh, legitimately use that to point to Jesus. And, of course, uh, as you know, when we get to uh, the second half of our reading today, that's how I read this. Uh, you can certainly see this wisdom as a reference to Jesus. Mm. Uh, but. Well Let's make sure we hold on to that until we read it, uh, and okay. that's an important thing because there's a lot, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of parts of, of the Old Testament you read that and go, this sounds awful. And if we don't know about Christ being part of this, then we can lose sight of of the whole narrative, the whole plan that points us to Christ. So let's read the next two verses where it says um, that things really start to get real. Like this is this is this is getting crazy really quickly. So twenty three to twenty. Then the king said, the one says, this is my son that is alive, and your son is dead. And the other says, no, but your son is dead, and my son is a living one. And the king said, bring me a sword. So a sword was brought before the king. So uh, at that point, he wants a sword. Uh, what do you think the emotions in the room are at that point? What do you think the prostitutes are thinking? What do you, what do you think is happening um, at that point? Well, I think most of the king's attendants are going to be terribly shocked by this decision uh, on how to solve the riddle. 
and the uh, the mother of the child is going to be horrified, and it turns out that the mother of the dead child is not horrified at all. She's going to say, fine. And that, you know, there's the old saying, misery loves company. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to fit the woman who had slept on top of her child and smothered her child. She's miserable. She wants the other woman to be miserable also. Oh, that's a great point. I hadn't thought about that that swing to this as well, because you, you look at the miseries there, and he can sense it. He can feel it. And there, you say this, you say this, and then he says, bring me a sword. And it makes you wonder about the servants as well, as they bring the sword. Like, what is this king doing? He's the new guy in town. I'm not sure if this is going to end well at this point. Um, now, now the question comes, I know for many of our listeners, probably people in the studio as well, is, okay, how is this supposed to be about Jesus? I'm not quite sure. The sword, what's happening here, and I'm looking forward to hear more of what you're going to say on this. So let's read, um, you know, let's read until the end, verses 25 through 28. And the king said, divide the living child in two and give half to the one and half to the other. Then the woman whose son was alive said to the king, Because her heart yearned for her son, O my Lord, give her the living child, and by no means put him to death. But the other said, He shall be neither mine nor yours. Divide him. Then the king answered and said, Give the living child to the first woman, and by no means put him to death. She is his mother. And all Israel heard of the judgment and the king had rendered, and they stood in awe of the king, because they perceived that the wisdom of God was in him to do justice. So do this for us. And once again, before you get to how this connects to Jesus, I want to wait on that. And that's a weird thing to say, um, especially for us at KFUO. So faith comes from hearing, hearing the word of the word of Christ. This is not me trying to deny having Christ being proclaimed here, but give us a rundown of what just happened. What did the, what the wisdom that Solomon was giving? Okay. Well, uh, Back in the first part of the chapter 3, Solomon has this dream, and God comes to him and says, Ask what you will, and I'm going to give it to you. And Solomon says, God, I'm, you're going to make me king of this mighty people. I need wisdom in order to do it because I'm just an average young guy, and I don't have the necessary uh, smarts to handle this deal. And God is very pleased with Solomon's request and grants him this wisdom, or says he grants him this wisdom, but he also says, because you asked for this, that you could be a good king and didn't ask for riches or power or all the other things that most people would ask for, Mm. I'm going to give you those things as well. And now we're going to find out, did God give Solomon wisdom? Is God faithful to his promises or not? Mm -hmm. And the the solution here seems horrifying at first. The gals come uh, before him, before the judgment seat of the king, and they are bickering back and forth about whose child it is, and he brings out the sword, and the sword uh, could remind us of the word of God, which is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of uh, bone and marrow and so forth. And here he's going to use a sword to decide the truth, to cut through all of the words, all of the arguments, and he's going to use this to uh, determine, you know, truth from lie. 
And, uh, you know, people probably were all horrified because they had no idea what was going on in Solomon's mind. Just like we often don't know what's going on in the mind of God. Why has he allowed this coronavirus to run around mm. the world over and over? Or why did he allow the Black Plague? Why did he allow Hitler to rise to power? Why didn't he just send somebody to, uh, to kill Hitler when he was a baby? There's all sorts of things that we do. We think, what was going on in God's mind? And we just don't know. Right. Right. Uh, and that's and that's and that's part of this is the whole situation that when a when a family loses a child, especially in, in, in a way like this, those are obviously the questions that people are asking. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had Dr. Tim Seleska on. And this and this is reminds me of how the whole the breadth of what we do here at KFUO is Dr. Seleska was there and he was talking about how how the word of God gives us words when we're grieving. And that's the feeling I had. And we talked about this, too, on the phone is there's there's a lot of grief here there's a lot of pain that is here and yes you're able to to see both sides of what's happening but at the same time uh, god gives us those words in the psalms he gives us the words like you said so well the sword you know the sword as we hear from hebrews chapter four living and active like a two-edged sword it cuts us to the heart at times and sometimes we are cut and that's why he gives us those words in order to be able to fill in that empty space that we have um but i, I wanted to stop you there because we're about to go on our break but i did want to say this reminder to our listeners that we have uh, maple syrup ready to be sent out to you. And a reminder that when you give $120, that uh, you will receive this maple syrup. If you go up a level, 240 you get a t-shirt as well that says what we're all about. So faith comes from hearing the hearing through the word of Christ from Romans chapter 10. What are the colors again? Uh, they are, I'm wearing, that's right, blue and green. And you know what? Actually, I am. I am. Um, I'm. I'm colorblind to green. Yeah, I'm very, like, I think that I know this is green, but it's probably a different green than what you guys see. So it's kind of one of those things. Um, my wife and family make fun of me for being colorblind. That's not very nice. Is that very nice? It's not very nice at all. Anyways, but yeah, so green and blue is what we have for the shirts, which tells us once again, as Pastor says so well, this is all about Jesus. So faith comes from hearing. The hearing through the word of Christ is on the back of that shirt. And we still have plenty of maple syrup bottles um, to be given away when you give are your you gift. Are telling me that Jesus loves people who are colorblind also? I think so. Yeah. Well, it better be. Wow. Yeah. 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 To green. Absolutely. Well, right now we need to take our break and we are studying 1 Kings chapter 3 with Pastor, uh, Pastor Rickert. Word of Christ comes forth from his mouth as a sharp, two-edged sword. By that word, he puts our sin to death, and he raises us to new life in him. Join me, Pastor Timothy Apple, on Sharper Iron every weekday morning at 8 a.m. here on KFUO, as guest pastors from around the world lead us into the Word of God to help us sharpen our faith in Christ, crucified, risen, and ascended for you. 
Our phone lines are open. Please call and support the Worldwide Ministry of KFUO now at 314-821-0850 or toll-free 1-800-730-2727. And welcome back. We are studying 1 Kings chapter 3 with Pastor John Ricker. But before we get to you, Pastor, we have an update from Mary. Uh, what is your title, Mary? I don't even know. I am a manager of development and fundraising for KFUO Radio. All right. Do you have a shirt that says that somewhere? Uh, <laughs> That'd be great. A green shirt, I wouldn't be able to tell because it's green. I wouldn't know. So anyways, but yeah, very good. But you have an update for us, Mary. Go ahead. I do. We are at $71,805 for gifts today for Sharon. Thank you so much. We have... At least $17,580 in that matching gift left. So if you give during share your gift will be matched. You'll have double the gift and double the help in getting the gospel out. And so we want to thank everyone who has given. Thank you to Robert and Sharon of Oak Grove, Missouri for their support. Thank you, Marion of Baldwin, Missouri. All right. We really appreciate you. Thank you, William and Sharon of Florissant, Missouri. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Carol Leap of Oakville, Illinois, who is a day sponsor. Nice. She took January 18th of 2022 in memory of her parents, Omar and Opal Real, on their 75th wedding anniversary. 75th, you said? 75th. It would have been their 75th wedding anniversary. That's amazing. That's amazing. Hmm. She does that one every year. That's great. Thank you, Luke of Hillsborough, Kansas, for your support. We appreciate you. Thank you, Judith of Roxana, Illinois. Thank you for your support. Thank you, Kajel of Marquette, Michigan. Wonderful. Thank you, Dorothy of Hoylton, Illinois, and Larry and Shirley of St. Peter's, Missouri, and Mary Brisky of Carterville, Illinois. She called in for that maple syrup. Oh, she did. Wonderful. She did. Yes. She wanted to let you know she increased her normal gift so that she could get that, <laughs> that All maple right. syrup. All right. We appreciate you, Mary. Thank you so much for your support, everyone. everyone. Yeah, thank you for everyone who does. Uh, we are, I think we are now at 34 more bottles of maple syrup available to you. We have some plans uh, that might go if we don't get, have those given out today. But right now, our goal is to get them out right now. So give your gifts and uh, uh, and we'll be looking uh, to be able to distribute those as soon as possible. And obviously, if you want to get a shirt that's even green or blue, um, <laughs> you can use that. You can send $240, correct? Am I saying that's correct? Yep. share thon t-shirt, $240. Any last words, Mary? I mean, you have the mic. What do you got? Well, um, thank you, everyone, for your gifts. Please continue to give. If you support KFO, if you really believe in our, our mission and our goal to get that gospel out there, partner with us and help make it happen. All right, now, the personal, personal, personal note here is I'm from Minnesota, and I went to college at Gustavus Adolphus College in, in, in Minnesota, a good Swedish uh, college, that background. And then I find out that Mary here went to uh, St. Olaf College, which is about an hour away, I believe. About an hour? Mm-hmm. I think it's about, about an hour, another. which is the same ilk, but that's the Norwegian version of, of, the, of, the, uh, of the church, right? I mean, oh, yeah, this, don't you know? Right, yes. right. See, she, she knows the baggage word and how, she, how you should be saying it correctly but anyways but it's cool because in, in minnesota we're very creative um we have the saint john's johnnies we have the augsburg augies we have the gustavus gusties and the saint olaf 
Oh, come on. You got to remember oh, this. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's been so long. Oh, um, no. Oh, come on now. St. Olaf. Olies. You're the Olies. Oli, Oli, Oli. All right. So Anyways. Nice. But it's, it's really fun because as we come together at KFUO, we know that our connections obviously start with Christ. But there's other ways that we are connected and we give thanks for all those connections. So thank you, Mary. Thank you. All right. Let's continue our study. Pastor, are you still there? I sure am. All right. Well, now now is the time where we get to this point where everyone's been waiting for that moment to find out how in the world are you going to connect Jesus to this story, um, this true story. And this is an important piece of who we are at KFU as well. As we're connected with the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, we believe the whole Bible is true from the beginning to end. That it's not something that, well, that part is kind of true or that part we're not quite sure, but we believe the whole thing is true. And that's an important understanding because if we don't believe this part's true, then why would we believe that when Jesus says, I'm the way and the truth and the life, why would we believe that to be true? And this is a salvation situation that, that we need to make sure we're very clear. At the same time, we know it points us to Christ. So this is a true story that the Lord um, that we that Lord, Lord gave us in Scripture, and it points us to Christ. So, Pastor, let's do this. You tell us, how does this um, true story point us to our Lord Jesus? Okay, this story... I'm part of the group that feels that Jeremiah wrote this book. Okay. And uh, Jeremiah has an agenda. And his agenda, of course, is to point us to Jesus Christ. So uh, we have all these stories about uh, Solomon that he has access to in court records and so forth. And he picks this one out. He could have picked out tons of them, but he picks this one out, and this is a picture of the king in a judgment setting. He's being called to make a decision, a judgment, a courtroom, if you will. Now, uh, when I read a story like this, I'm going to ask myself, well, where do we get a courtroom situation in uh, the New Testament Hmm. where God is judge? And what do you have but the last day? And that's where God judges. So I would begin, uh, begin to see uh, the king here as representing Christ. And that's one of the offices that Jesus has. Jesus is our prophet, priest, and king. And all of these guys represent our Lord in uh, whatever their various offices are. Now we're going to see uh, our king judge here. Mm. And the people come to him with what seems like an insurmountable uh, riddle. Just like the Pharisees would come to Jesus with questions that they thought would be insurmountable riddles, like, well, is it just to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Uh, it seems like no matter what Jesus answers, the answer's going to get him in trouble. And yet Jesus finds his way out. And there are other times like that question about whose wife will this gal be when she gets to heaven as she had been married to seven people. It seemed to the Sadducees that they had a real stumper there, but Jesus cuts right to the heart. So we find here that uh, the lady who had killed her child, probably by accident, Mm -hmm. thinks that she has a real stumper here. And the rest of the court is stumped. How are we going to figure this out? But you can't stump Jesus. So on the last day, uh, which I would see this foreshadowing, people are going to come forward, and they're going to have all sorts of excuses. Uh, I'm reminded of the parable that Jesus uh, spoke, what was it, Matthew, uh, where there... uh, 
uh, Jesus is talking about him coming in glory, and he gathers all the people, uh, and they're standing before the throne, and they, uh, Jesus says, I was hungry, mm. and you didn't uh, feed me, I was naked, you didn't clothe me, and so forth and so on. Matthew 25. Matthew 25. Yep. Okay. And uh, the, the people who did not offer the aid had excuses. They didn't think that, that God would be able to figure it out. When did this happen? This never happened. What are you talking about? Uh, and yet, uh, God still was not fooled. Even the redeemed there are somewhat uh, mystified because they did not realize that they were doing this either. But they submit to the judgment of Christ. Mm. Here we have uh, these two gals, and both are claiming the child is theirs, but only one is really theirs, just like the, the people were saying, you know, I never saw you hungry or in prison. Mm. And yet, uh, just as they're not able to fool God on the last day, fool Christ on the last day, so the, this lady is not able to fool Christ or Christ's representative, Christ stand-in, during this judgment scene back in, what, about 940, mm-hmm. or 14. So we're, we're, we're using, we're talking about Solomon as a type of Christ. Is that how the move you're making? Not move, I'm sorry, move. That's how we, we're looking at this text? Yes, I, I, I tend to view the Old Testament very typologically, mm-hmm. or you could say analogically. Um, mm. And, and if, if, you, if you're not a fan of typology, then I would say analogically. Okay. So you would say, just as, just as. Just as. Sure. And then avoid the typology sort of issue. And uh, it's an analogy. Uh, and I think for me, it, this is very helpful because there's two ways I, I see this. Uh, David obviously is talked about as a type of Christ all the time. Like we we see this in, in, in the New Testament. We see what's happening. Um, and, and you look at that and you see David. But Solomon, uh, there's t- another way I think you can connect this as well as it talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, that it is Christ who is our sanctification, our redemption, and our wisdom. And you can make that connection there. I've seen that connection. And here you're making that type of Christ uh, that says, hey, uh, he's the judge, uh, he's the king, and he's making judgment. And and you can't, I like how you said this, you can't stump Jesus. I think we should put that on our shirts next year um, for KFU Sherathon. You can't stump Jesus. Would you buy that shirt, Pastor? I probably would. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Pastor, as we look at this from from sixteen, actually, we go all of chapter three. It all works together. This understanding of wisdom um, and how it applies. Uh, how would you how would you say this applies to our lives today? Why is this an important chapter for us to look at in the world today? Well, uh, here we got a very real problem that still comes with us today. Children still die. Mm-hmm. And uh, where do you find comfort at that time? You find it in the wisdom of God, which is Jesus. Jesus is the wisdom of God. And he comes with solace. 
And in this particular case, we would view, you know, because in, no child dies, right, in, uh, in this story. I mean, right. the child, uh, the one child does die, but that happens before you enter into the king's court. And you have one child that is basically granted life at the end of this. And so if you're dealing with somebody who has lost a child, you can remind them that when you go to the court on the last day, that baptized child is presented to you alive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could, you could work that way. But the real uh, power here, I think, is just to bring people back to the Word, because that is always relevant. And, and as we look at this text, I love how he t- asks for wisdom. Why is it important for us, give me about 30 seconds of this, why is it important for us to ask for wisdom as well in our world today? Well, <laughs> because the world has not got simpler. <laughs> That's true. Uh, That's true. The, the uh, issues that we face have not gone, gotten less complex. And deciding what is uh, the wise thing to do. A while back there was this uh, bracelet everybody you know, seemed to want to wear. What would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, an easy question to ask. Not necessarily such an easy question to answer. And where do we find the answer? Uh, would be in the scriptures. Mm. So, um, you know, that's I'm, I'm always trying to point people there and uh, meditate and think about and uh, see how it applies into the particulars of their life. Right now we can see that some things stay the same. They may not have had jet planes or computers or telephones, but they still had all the drama of life that you would see in any soap opera. And uh, we, we need to uh, rely on Christ and the decisions of, decisions of Christ to guide our lives. The Reverend Dr. John Rickert, pastor of Our Redeemer Lutheran Church. And I'm going to try this again. New Ark? That is correct. Devilware, helping us grow in the Word and grow in Christ. Pastor Rickert, thank you for being our guest. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it very much. And a blessed Easter and a blessed Sherathon to you. And you as well. And a blessed Pentecost. Oh, yeah, it's coming too. I guess that's coming as well. So thank you again. Saints of our Lord, we gather this day and and we realize that we are in need of Christ over and over and over again. And we see him not only in the New Testament, but also the Old Testament. Reminder, maple syrup syrup bottles are there. Give your gift. Call us for share 2021. I'm your host, Brady Finneran, pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hands.